The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, July 17th, 2023. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holt, and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my friend, my partner, and engineer, and co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Wow, we're in the middle of a heat wave across the globe. It is just amazing to me. And I I can't believe that I just heard on Amy Goodman that in Texas they were trying to pass a law – that it was mandatory that construction workers can have water breaks and water, and it was it would, did not pass. And the question I have is, why? first of all, why did they have to have a mandatory law that says they have to give these workers a break? I mean, you think that the owners or the, the people who are running the, the uh, teams uh, that are building buildings would automatically be giving their workers uh Water breaks. I mean, that, that is very disturbing to me. And the second thing that I thought was very interesting when I was listening to Amy Goodman, when they had the UN report about negotiations, about ending the war and about looking at climate change, and they said that it was, no, there were no women on any of the, uh, of the decision making boards. And I thought that was very interesting. It reminds me of when Benjamin Franklin, uh, brought the Iroquois nation, uh, to the first meeting of the Continental Congress when they were, uh, going to be writing up the Constitution in the United States. And uh, the Native Americans asked our forefathers, where are the women? And it was very interesting because Abigail Adams even told her husband as he left the house, don't forget the women. You know, in the Iroquois Nation, the women were on the on the consuls. You know, I'm a great-grandmother. I would have been on the consul saying, this, this gentleman's going to be a chief. We're not going to war. You know, all the different things that women were involved with. After all, we are the ones that bring forward life. We bring forward the children. I mean, we should definitely have a say. I mean, Ken and I have been discussing that really a long time now to see why why are women silenced? I mean, it goes all the way back into the church when there was, I believe it was Paul that wrote letters to the the, uh, powers that be, and they said that women have to be silent in the church. I mean, why are they trying to silence us? Why are they trying to push us back? We are the ones who bring forth, we are the ones who bring forth life. Well, that's enough of that one. I'll tell you, it's really. In fact, it, it's so interesting because I, I found this thing, uh, this whole thing on pro-life, and the first thing is how to be pro-life. The first thing is protect our earth. The second thing is protect our children. The third thing is protect our women. The next thing is protect our health, protect our water, protect our food. That's pro-life. That's that's really valuing life. That you know you have to protect our earth. You have to protect our children. It, it's really um, 
I try not to get angry because I really believe that anger really doesn't solve much, although it does give you a little bit of energy. But the most important thing is that we speak out. And with so much trouble going on in this world, I thought I would do a commentary instead of having a guest. Just just give a little bit of a few of my opinions. And also I'm going to play some special music and I'll be sharing some thoughts on the cluster bombs. You know, they, they're sending them to to Ukraine now. And, you know, over 120, over 100 uh, states, excuse me, countries, not states, countries, over 100 countries has banned these horrible things. And when I learned about the uh, cluster bombs, all I could think of was, I don't know if folks remember, but I certainly remember when beautiful, beautiful, one of my favorite people was, was Princess Diane, Diana, when she went into the countries that had these uh, cluster bombs that they were trying to remove them. And she, she brought child after child, person after person, adult after adult, showing what happened to them when they stepped on these bombs. You know, people lost their limbs. They lost their eyesight. They were killed. I mean, it it goes on and on how destructive. I mean, these things should be banned. And the question that I have over and over and over when we have all these issues with climate change, with hunger across the globe, why we're focusing on war and territorial things, I don't understand that at all. You know, I'm also – I also decided – you know, we do once a, once a month at the last, that's the last Monday of the month, we do the Women's Spaces Pledge. And you know, I gotta tell you, spoke something. I printed up over 7,000 of those and I'm about ready to go into another printing. I called the place that I, I print the cards. I says, you know, I'm just curious. How many cards have I printed over the, over the past 10 years? And they told me over 7,000 and now they're into reprint again. So it shows how, what the impact that that pledge has had in our community and the people around me. And I thought it might be a good idea to do a little bit of, of in-depth discussion about it. So I'm taking the whole show for myself and I'm really excited about this. And you know, as a woman, as a producer, I like to challenge myself and I really believe that this show is a is a challenge. So I would love if anybody out there listening would send me an email at Elaine B. Holtz at gmail.com. That's E-L-A-I-N-E, middle initial B-H-O-L-T-Z at gmail.com. And tell me what you thought of this program. And I want to do a shout out to two. You know, I have, I can't believe it. You know, not all, I have two male friends out there that are really dedicated to the show and I want to say hello to him. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Randy. Thank you. Thank you for your support and thank everybody out there for supporting the women's spaces and for supporting a public radio. Well, talking about supporting public radio and talking about some exciting news. Well, here we are at KBBF 89.1 FM in downtown Santa Rosa. And we are proud. We are proud to announce that this is going to be our 50th anniversary. You know, I came on to uh, KBBF when in 19, my first radio gig actually was in uh, 1976. I couldn't believe that I was on the radio doing women's spaces. And here I am now in uh, August. I just, uh, sell, I will be celebrating. Well, actually in November of last year, I celebrated 10 years on the air and August I will be celebrating 50 years being in our community, and it was uh, 1976 that I first came to uh, the station, my first show. I'll never forget it. Uh, my engineer was a gentleman, if you're out there, named Richard Berry, and he taught me the ins and outs of, 
of radio, which I really, really appreciate. Well, I have a few announcements to make. The first announcement is, of course, the celebration for KBBF. We're having a 50-year celebration, and we're doing it in two different ways this year. The first way we're doing is uh, mark your calendars for July 23rd from 1 to 5 p.m. That's going to be at Bayer Park on uh, West Avenue here in Santa Rosa. We're going to be celebrating. It's a community event, open to the community, free. We're going to have raffles. We're going to have games for the kids. We're going to have all kinds of speakers and music. It's just going to be one big festival to come down and to celebrate uh, KBBF and its 50 years on the air. The first, remember this, the first bilingual public community station in the United States, and we had the honor of Ethel Kennedy coming out here to Sonoma County to help us put the antenna up. And that this event is going to happen from 1 to 5 p.m. And also there's going to be lots of raffles. I mean, we just got some wonderful, wonderful, wonderful raffle items, which will be a, a wonderful fundraiser for KBBF. So come on down. That's going to be uh, July 23rd of this year from 1 to 5 at Bayer Park in West Avenue, Santa Rosa. Now, the next event that we're going to have, and I'm, I'm so proud to announce that our wonderful, wonderful majority leader here in California, uh, Senator Mike McGuire is going to be our MC. I mean, he just, I know I have known Mike McGuire since he almost the beginning of his uh, political life. And I have to say he is a man of heart, a man of energy, and a man that really, really loves his community and does things for it. I mean, he's showing up for this event, which is amazing. And this is going to be a huge fundraiser. It's going to be at the Luther Burbank Center. Like I said, Senate Majority Leader Mike McGuire will be the master of ceremonies. And I know he has, he's always has, a, always has a few tricks up his sleeve. And we're going to have we're going to have food, drinks, and celebration. And what's really interesting about this event is that you can buy a table. It's going to be there. Is going to be a fee. You can go on the KBBF website, uh, www.kbbf.org, and there's all the information that you need. You can get a table or individual. But this is going to be a major event. I mean, celebrating 150. Uh, excuse me, 100 years. Wait a minute. 50. Where, where are you going, Elaine? You know, you're already up to a century. No. 50 years of broadcasting on the air. It's just an amazing feat. And, you know, KPBF has gone through, and I'm sure all public radios go through the ups and downs and all arounds. It's so hard sometimes to stay on the air. But we have managed to stay on for 50 years and that's amazing. And let me tell you something. Sometimes it was a little bit shaky. You know, I mean, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? But somehow, you know, the radio, the radio ferry always comes through for all the stations. And I'm really proud to be part of it. And I'm proud to be announcing this. Uh, Ken and I will be at, the, at both events. If you come up to us and say hi, you know, we'll be happy to give you a copy of the Women's Basis Pledge, which we we're going to talk about today. But I really encourage people, support this effort, support this station, support all the community radio stations. I'm also, I'm also live, uh, I go over on, in Petaluma on Wednesdays at, uh, what, what's there, what is there? It's the PCA, the Public uh, Community Radio in, in Petaluma. And you know, support them. We need to support community radio. We need to really be serious about it. I, I've asked, actually had a fantasy that somehow that we would get legislation that the 
the only way you can campaign would be through community radio so everybody would have a fair and equal opportunity. Of course, it's a a little bit of a fantasy, but, you know, it's good to have fantasies, right? (laughs) And I do. I have lots of them. Anyway, I have another uh, another uh, announcement. You know, it seems like there's a, there's been on July 29th, uh, 2023, marks a year since sheriff's uh, deputy shot and killed immigrant worker David Palaz Chavez. It's been a whole year, and together with uh, the with uh, David's family and the North Bay Organizing Project here in Sonoma County, they will host a vigil on this one year mark of his death, and they that. People are frustrated with the delays. You know, enough of the silence. It's time to hold the involved officer in the system which protects which protects him accountable. We have been I mean, what is going on here? We have been screaming for accountability forever and ever. And I'll tell you something. I'll never forget when I was involved with the uh, uh, Andy Lopez uh, situation and we were trying to get them to do an oversight committee. We had two meetings of the Board of Supervisors debating the word oversight. I mean, just amazing. Anyway, this rally is going to be uh, it's going to be on July 29th. That's going to be Wednesday at 630 uh, p.m. Oh, wait, July 29th. No, that's going to be next Friday, I believe, at 6.30 p.m. at Old Old Courthouse Square in downtown uh, Santa Rosa. I want to thank my uh, dear friend Susan Lamont for sending me this information. People need to come out. They need to have their voices heard. And that's why I I decided to do kind of an overview of the Women's Spaces Pledge to give people an idea of what is this all about? What What is its history? What is its purpose? And what do I hope? is accomplished by handing that pledge in everybody's hand. I mean, (laughs) over 7,000. Anybody ever watch Fiddler on the Roof? You know, there's a little woman, you know, little Molly Pecan. She plays the Yenta. Well, sometimes I feel when I think of giving <laughs> giving away 7,000 cards, I definitely have to put myself in the Yenta classification. But you know something? It's very important that we raise our self-esteem, that we raise our voice, that we say enough is enough. We are children of the earth. You know, we are one family. We are the family of humanity. I don't care what color you come in. I don't care what size you come in. I don't care what country you live in, for God's sakes. We are the family of humanity, and we are living on a globe. At the end of the show, I'm going to play a Monty, Th- uh, Monty Python's show, the, the Galaxy Show t- t- song, to remind folks exactly where we are. We're in the middle of the universe. We're a speck of nothing. And yet we cause so much havoc. I mean, when we should be looking at how do we have peace, how do we come together? Well, I have another announcement to make, and that's I'm really excited about this. Next week, I will be doing an interview with the chair of the Sonoma County chapter of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, NAACP, which is one of the oldest, oldest uh black uh, organization in the United States. They've accomplished many, many things. Christine Lang will be is our chairperson here in Sonoma County, and I'll be looking forward to talking with her about what she's finding out, what needs to be done, and all the other good things that are taking place in our county. And it's amazing that, that we even have that we even have an NAACP here. We actually almost lost it, but people are committed to making it happen, came together again came together and said, uh-uh, we're staying here and developed another another strong NAACP group here in Sonoma County. I'm very, 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 I'm giving them three varies proud of them. 
Well, it's really interesting. You know, every, you know, I also heard this when they were talking about the, uh, when Amy Goodman, the show before me, when the UN representative was talking about people don't know their history. You know, and it's because they don't know their history that they're not, they, they sometimes do not make the, the proper vote or they don't understand things that are happening because it's, it's, they don't understand the whole, the whole bottom line of everything. And that's why I do every Monday, I do our history is our strength. Why do I think that's important? Exactly what she's saying. He was saying our history tells us what we did right, what we did wrong, what we need to keep, what we need to improve on. You know, or what we, what we might need to explore to even make it all better. You know, and, and our history, when you look at our history, our history is, de- is dependent on good governance. You know, about two weeks ago, I don't know if folks remember, I did a whole thing on the Declaration of the Independence because it was July 4th and I haven't read the independent, the Declaration of Independence forever. And one of the things they say is that to have good governing, that's governing for the people. Not governing by the corporations, not governing by people who are selling themselves out rather than taking care of the people and taking care of the, of the future of our children, but governing, governing for the people so we can have a good life, we can have a good earth, we can have good food, good water, good medical, all the different things that we need to survive. And we're not doing that, folks. I mean, when you think of how many billions are going into wars – when we should be putting those billions into solving the most critical thing that's happening to us right now is climate change. You heard that gentleman say when he was walking, it was so hot, he was ready to, to faint. And he also gave all kinds of different references about your health, how, how the heat affects each and every one of us. Because the bottom line is, the bottom line is, is that we are all human beings and each one of us are affected almost in the same way. We have to be very, very careful about that. So now we will go into our history as our strength. And this is so much history has been made this, this month. It's just amazing. Well, let's just talk first from on July 19th to the 20th in 1848. 1848 is when women started trying to have a place at the table. And we're still struggling. And also, we have women at the table and they feel they have to be like men in order to survive. You know, so it's very, very important. This is a a dynamic part of history. It was the Seneca Falls Convention, and it was the country's first women's rights convention. It was held in Seneca Falls, and it was it was the beginning of the women's rights music. And they did what they did at this particular thing because it was on. They uh, they did what was known as the the Declaration of Sentiments, which begins by asserting the equality of all men and women. Of both genders are be endowed with unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And you know what comes to my mind? We all loved Dr. Martin Luther King. I loved him. I, I'll, I'll never forget the day he was shot. I mean, I just froze for about an hour. I could not believe that in my country, a man with that kind of passion and that kind of intelligence and that kind of spirituality that somebody would gun them down. I mean, I just, my heart was so broken. But at the same time, when I look at this, when here we were in 1848 with the Declaration of Sentiment, which begins by telling that women have inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
we know something what Dr. Martin Luther King said. All we are asking of America is they live up to their promise. Think about that. All we are asking of America is they live up to their promise. And the promise of our Constitution, this, the, 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 the request or the demand in our, bill, in our uh, Declaration of Human Rights, and the exquisiteness, this exquisiteness of the Constitution and our Bill of Rights itself. And, you know, one of the things it says in the Constitution that we're always looking to make it a better nation, always looking to improve. And it's just, it just really, really, uh, really gets to me that we, I mean, 1848, and we are still struggling for rights over our own body. That we can make decisions whether we want to become mothers or not. We, you know, being a mother, in case anybody doesn't know, is a lifetime commitment. And you become a grandmother and then a great-grandmother. You know, you realize it's more than a commitment. You're setting examples. You're giving support for these children that are going to be in the future, that are going to determine the future, that are going to determine the future for you when you get older. And here we are, 1848, the Women's Convention, and they're talking about that we as women have that right. And it's still, it's still a struggle. Well, another thing that happened, this is a happy birthday, and that's July 16th. She was born July 16th, 1821, and she was uh passed away in 1910 and that was uh, Mary Baker Eddy and she was the founder of the Church of Christ Science and I'm telling you what a powerful movement that was in the early 1800s when they were going what they called new age you know all of a sudden religion took on a new a new a new a new uh, a language so to speak it was more that you were one with the creator and that the creator could provide all that you need, but you needed to live a certain type of life. You needed to follow the Ten Commandments maybe or or think positively about yourself and about others, maybe not be so racist, maybe say, hey, maybe we are all children of the earth no matter what color. You know, so she started in, in 1908, she launched the Christian Science Monitor, which is a very popular uh, newspaper. It still is. It's a leading international newspaper, the recipient to date seven Pulitzer Prizes. You know, and this woman was just amazing. And here she was, a woman starting an organization and helping it to be as successful it really is. Another birthday we have is one of my favorite, favorite people. She's my hero. And as you know, I interviewed the great-granddaughter of Ida B. Wells. She was born in July 16th, 1862, and she made her transition in 1931. That was Ida B. Wells Barnett, a journalist, newspaper editor, crusader against lynching, and civil rights leader. And also one of the founders of the NAACP, very important woman. And, you know, when I read, when I first found Ida B. Wells and I found out that she was going into the South and reporting and all these lynchings and she was getting death threats and all kinds of things, she became my hero. She became my hero. And I want to thank her. Thank you, Ida B. Wells. Thank you, her family, for keeping her name alive. And thank you for all the courage that she gives me. I think to myself, I'm a Caucasian woman. I think to myself, my God, if Ida B. Wells can do it, what am I complaining about? I mean, think about it. This woman was born into slavery and freed. Amazing, amazing woman. 
Well, another amazing woman, and she was born July 18, 1908, and made her transition in 19, uh, 90, uh, 1981, and that was Mildred Ryder. And this woman was amazing. She called herself the Peace Pilgrim, and she walked all across the United States, almost till, almost to the day she died, to promote peace, to promote love, to tell people to protect the future of our children. Stop warring. You know, we've been warring since the beginning of time. I mean, when you start thinking about it. And when you think about it, you ask yourself, why? What is it in us that we can't just stop and figure out a way to live in peace? I mean, think about that. We have invented a thing or entity, whatever you want to call it, called an airplane. Do you realize we fly in the air like a bird? Do you know what it took to invent that that machine? I mean, I wonder one time I was on the uh, going to uh, visiting my my mother in Los Angeles, and I was on the plane, and I, I sat next to this aeronautic engineer, and he was started telling me how planes fly, and I told him, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, I don't want to hear about it. Just let me know they're safe." Amazing that we could fly from right here in Sonoma County, and we can go to another state, we can go to another city, and it takes no time at all. What an invention that was. But then some jerk says, oh, look, at we're watching the birds. You know, the plane is, I think, is modeled after the birds. All of a sudden we see this bird taking a little dump and someone says, oh, we can put things in the plane and drop them. And they're called bombs. And that's how we're going to go to war. In fact, it was World War One when they first did that, when they first started with making airplanes as a war machine. I mean, what a sad situation when you think – you know, that we invented this wonderful machine. And that's what that's what Peace Pilgrim was so upset about. She said, how can we not have peace when we've been able to do all these things? I mean, just look in our own lifetime, from television to where we're able to communicate all across the world, actually from radio, you know, our films that we make, you know, we can do all the things that we can do, and yet we cannot sit down and figure a way to live in peace. It's just amazing. And I think the secret is is that we just have to give up our greed, and we have to realize that we're all children of the earth. Well, here's our last birthday. She was born on July 22nd, 1849, and she made her uh, transition in 1887. Wow, when you think that these women were so active in the 1800, that was Emma Emma Lazarus wrote the New Colossus, which was the poem, which was later inscribed on the Statue of Liberty. And part of it is, I love this, because, you know, when I think of the dream of America, you know, when people say the American dream, for my grandmother, the American dream was freedom. For my grandmother, the American dream was her children were not going to be pulled off to be thrown into the army or killed. My grandmother was Jewish, living in Russia, and the pogroms used to come in and just raid the villages and lay the children in the street and say, get out, Jews. But when she came to America, she didn't have to worry about that. That was the America. Oh, it just makes me cry when I think of it. That was the America of my grandmother. And on, the, on it said, she told me, she says, I remember when I saw the Statue of Liberty, she says, I felt my heart, my heart increased five sizes. It was beating so fast when she read these words, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free, yearning to breathe free. 
the promise of America. That is the promise of of America. All these countries that came over here. We're so diverse. And, you know, when you look at it, I remember when I saw Fiddler on the Roof. That was my first indicator of what it was might have been like for my grandmother to come over from this country and what she was suffering. But the thing is, she made it here. And after 35 years it took her, she became a citizen, and she was so proud of that. So there's a lot to think about, you know, when a lot to think about our country, America. What does it mean? What does it mean to be an American? What does it mean to be a patriot? Why do we have to keep warring? What is it in us that, that we can't just sit down and say enough is enough, let's learn to live in peace? And we're spending billions on war. That means we're not, we're not poverty-stricken. We have the money to create a better world for all of us. We're right in the middle of a huge, huge challenge, and that's climate change. We should be looking at climate change, not warring. And, you know, sometimes I just want to just tell these men or whoever's running the show, just take a time out, for God's sake. It's time to stand up and to stand up for peace. Well, guys, <laughs> I know that was a pretty long rant, but, you know, that's the, that's the wonder of radio, you know, and the wonder of doing a show. I'm so grateful that KBBF is here, too. I can, I can record live, and I can do a show like this. It is truly appreciated. So, please, we're going to have these fundraisers all across Sonoma County. Please support this. Well, we're going to take a musical break, and I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about cluster bombs. So, I, I found this wonderful song by a name by Shante Fuentes. Beautiful name, Shanta. I like that Shanta. There's a Jewish word, Shana. Almost sounds like Shana, but it's Shanta. A perfect song because when we return, like I said, I'm going to do some, give you some educational and and thoughts on the cluster bomb, which are which have been banned in over a hundred countries, and we're sending them to Ukraine for their war in Russia. You know, which makes no sense to me. So when we come back, we will further the conversation, and let's go ahead and play that song, Ken. Unacceptable. No 
goodness for the children there's two do two lines here several lines here but silence is unacceptable nor turning of a blind eye no we can't ignore it so we open up our hearts you know that's looking at climate change like looking at wars and there's another thing is too it's not about choosing sides this is we did not part, hear this part about it i wanted to read this it is not about choosing sides it's about saving lives because our children, they've been crying out, crying out, crying out to stop these wars. I mean, and this, to think of the cluster bombs. I mean, my goodness. Okay, here we go. For you folks just joining us, and I'm happy that you are. You are listening. I want to remind my listeners that the opinions here are not expressed here, are not necessarily the opinions of the station, its board of directors, it's members and women's spaces. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz, and I hope I have all my notes here. It's kind of interesting, but I don't. <laughs> and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, cluster bombs, and I just don't – let me just look around here. What is going on here, Ken? Oh, here we go. Here we go. You know, we're live radio here, and I try to organize myself as best I can, but sometimes it just gets a little bit out of hand. Well, when I first heard that they were sending uh, cluster bombs over to the Ukraine, I was really upset. I was really, really uh, enamored by Princess Diana. I mean, I just thought she was beautiful and I think she had a voice, you know, and she used it, you know, and even though they condemned her, they didn't want her to be out in the field the way she was. And, you know, she she started the, the Diana Princess of Wales Memorial Fund has supported the campaign to ban cluster bound munitions. Listen to this since 2003. Building on its previous uh, investment in landmine clearance and support to survivors. But rather than fund further service provision, they sought legislative change to ban the munitions. In other words, what they wanted to say was stop 
the cluster bombs. They are not – They really, they're very dangerous because, first of all, the way they work is when they go in the ground and, God forbid, somebody steps on it, they explode. But they not only explode on that person in the moment, but the explosion expands itself and as it goes out, no matter who's in harm's way, will be affected by that. And I remember uh, Diana, Princess Diana, showing uh, civilian after civilian and child after child that has lost their limbs, and they were in there trying to get rid of all these cluster bombs, and it was just a horrendous, horrendous project. I remember them being out there with all kinds of equipment, people jumping back if a bomb went out. You know, they wore protective gear. But when when you're in a war zone, you're not you don't have protective gear, you don't have all those considerations. You're just in in harm's way. And here we listen to that song about the children. It's the children who are crying out. The children who are crying out. We need peace. We need peace on earth. You know, it's really it's. I don't know. I just don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm I'm without words. Because I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. You know, I remember when I was pregnant with my daughter, I thought to myself, what a miracle in my body that I am creating this life. And then when she came out, and I remember the first time she laid on my chest, and I looked at that innocent little thing, and I said, oh, my God, I'm responsible. I'm responsible for this life. And it was at that time that I realized that I was responsible for all the lives of children because what happens to one child can happen to another child. And that's why we have to protect all the children. Well, I want to just let people know that if you're concerned about the cluster bombs or you want to you want to find out more information about them, they still have Diana, uh, her her. Uh, her organization is it's uh, there's a woman by the name of Samantha Rainey. She's the head of partnerships at the Diana Princess of Wales Memorial, and you can get more information. Write this down and remember everything that all the websites, everything that I give will be on uh, Women's Spaces. www.womenspaces. So here's the here's the here's the website that you can go to. It's T H E W O R K C O I N T U E S dot org dot UK. That's the the work continues dot org dot UK. The work continues dot org dot UK. So there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity to go ahead and to find out more about the cluster bombs and see if there's anything that you would like to. Uh, contribute or something that you'd like to do in your community to maybe, you know, address this issue. You know, when you're anti-war, you're not a communist or a socialist or or a deviant, whatever they want to call. When you're anti-war, you're for peace. You're for love. You're for compassion. You're for the children in their future. So don't be afraid to speak out. And, you know, one of the things that there are people that are fortunate enough whatever brings them to the table, is that they have power. You know, our president has power. Our vice president has power. We elect Congress and senators. I mean, I'm so excited Mike McGuire is going to be hosting a KBBF's fundraiser. Mike McGuire, he's the Senate Majority Leader now here in California. He is an example of what it is to have good leadership, to care about your community, to come out. Look, he's going to do he's going to do an MC because of fifty years of KBBF on the air. What a contribution he makes! 
But he always makes time. He makes time for his community, and he always thinks about the future, the future of the children. How is this going to affect it? And, you know, there's another leader I want to do a shout-out, and that's that's uh, Councilman uh, Eddie Alvarez, who's uh, in the Roseland District. Every time I see Eddie, he says, you know, Elaine, thank you for reminding me, because before I make a decision, I always ask, is it good for the children in my area? That is powerful. That is good leadership. That's thinking about the future, thinking about our children. How are we thinking about the future of our planet if we're sending cluster bombs that are that are banned in so many countries over to another country? Why aren't we demanding instead of sending them money that we're not going to give them? We, they have to sit down and they have to negotiate. Why isn't the UN telling Russia, sit down with these folks and negotiate, stop this foolishness? We have climate change to deal with. Well, what I thought is I would read this little poem that I wrote. I don't know if you want to call it a poem or just an idea. You know, I have a lot of fun with words, and I'll take the all, the, the first letter, like, for example, the you know, the first letter in, in Christmas, say, is C. So for Christ, you know, for celebration. You know, there's just, you know, taking taking the word. Well, I did this with power, P-O-W-E-R. The greatest power of all is not ruling others or commanding great wealth, but in commanding the brain's thinking process. That is where all power begins. The wonderful thing is that this power is available in each and every one of us if only we try. Well, let's look at that, what power is. The P, power is purpose, ideas, dreams, goals, any product of the mind's eye harnessed to a purpose will produce a storehouse of power. Power is open-mindedness. It is having a mind open to new ideas. Power is wisdom. W, power is wisdom. It means strength tempered by good judgment combined with learning and knowledge. E, power is energy. It is the engine of work, the force of human expression, the capacity for action. Last one. This is the last one, R. Power is responsibility. The greater the power, the greater the responsibility. Power without responsibility leads to corruption and evil. Power united to responsibility is the source of good works and the increased will of being of all. Power is the ability, the vigor, the strength to influence others and to control one's own destiny. Imagine if we all changed our mind. We all began to think nothing but peace and love and no more wars and start investing in our communities once again. Amazing. Well, that's a little overview on Custer Bombs and a little overview on power. And I'm going to take a musical break. And the song I'm going to play is a song I played once before. It's called For the Mothers. You know, when you think of the Custer Bombs and the havoc they cause for women and children, When will humanity evolve to be able to have peace on earth? So listen to the words and send out a prayer for all those mothers and children and fathers too. 
all those mothers, children, and fathers who are suffering. So let's go ahead, Ken. Let's play that song. And when we come back, I'm going to do an overview on the Women's Spaces Pledge. I sing for the mothers all over the earth, for their power, for their love. I ache for the mothers all over the earth, for their sorrow, for their love. May their broken hearts be cradled, may their righteous anger be heard. I pray for justice and healing for all of the mothers all over the earth. I sing for the mothers of soldiers at war, for their power, for their song may their righteous anger be heard may their righteous anger be heard boy i'll tell you something if a bomb was coming down in front of me i would be pretty angry that's for sure well welcome back you're listening to women's spaces and i'm elaine b holt and i'm your host and what i'm going to do right now is i'm going to talk a little bit about the women's spaces pledge we do it on the last monday of the month 
And it, you know, I have it behind my business card. And it's so interesting. Every time when I walk around, say downtown or some event I have and I give, I, I offer a card to someone and they already have it. They say, Oh, we already have it, Elaine. We have it by our website, our, excuse me, our computer or I have it on the bathroom wall or whatever. There's, they don't give it away. They keep it. And you know, it's, it's what's so for me. The whole idea of the Women's Spaces Pledge, and I'm going to say it, my self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. What does that mean? My self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and my higher power. Or I can say myself and the creator, myself and Jesus, whatever you want to put in there. What does that mean? Well, the first part The first part has to do with standing up for ourselves. My self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. In other words, people's opinions, I'm not saying that if someone gives you an opinion, it doesn't mean it's not important. It doesn't mean that maybe you have to change something. But it shouldn't devastate you because you know that your self-esteem depends on your relationship with yourself. That if you need to change something, you have the ability to change it. Your ego is not in there saying, oh, no, I don't have to change that. It's like climate change. You know, every, why deny it when it's happening in front of us? But then here nobody really speaks out. Why? Because they're afraid. What if they lose their job? Uh, what if this happens? What if that happens? You know, all the different things. They're so worried what everybody's going to think of them. No, my self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. It depends on my relationship with myself, understanding myself. Understanding who I am in this in this place called Earth, that I'm a human being standing on holy ground. I mean, an Earth. I mean, we're spinning around a planet, and gravity keeps us there. I mean, what courage we have to even just be born into this world, and not only to be born, but we have to eventually leave it. So your self esteem has to be really strong, and your relationship with yourself has to be strong. And if you have some sort of higher power, I believe in what the the Native Americans, I believe in the great spirit. I believe in a higher power. I believe there's something. I believe in the creator. You know, we have, Ken and I have this beautiful, beautiful garden. All the the gladiolas are coming out now. Where do these gladiolas come from? Every year they show up. You know, where does the vegetables come from? Where do the trees come from? Where does anything come from on this earth? It's all a great mystery that we're a part of. And we have to hold on to that. And when we look at ourselves and our self-esteem because we are children of the earth, We have a right to be here. We have a right to food, to shelter, to water. We have a right to our basic needs. And you know something, just to, just to throw a little thing in here. I like competition. I think competition is great, but to to the extent that we're going to now, you got the real wealthy and you got the poor. You know, there's the middle, the middle of the road is starting to evaporate. You know, I grew up, I never missed a meal. The thought of having children on the street now that are hungry is just to me, is, uh, it's, it's mind-boggling. And the whole idea, the whole idea of the Women's Spaces Pledge is, is to give us that confidence to stand up. You know, I read it five times before I come on the air, especially today. Today I took a little bit of a risk. You know, I'm doing a commentary. I'm bringing up some subject that it might be a little bit delicate to some people. You know, you never know. You never know who's out there. You never know who's listening. You never know what kind of ramification or consequences because of some of your opinions. You know, it's a risk. But because my self-esteem doesn't 
depend on what you guys think of me. It depends on my relationship with myself. And I believe, I believe that it's important to stand up and speak out. And not only stand up and speak out, but but become friends with one another. You know, racism is only for one reason. It's because we don't know each other. You know, I, I love, I love, it always comes to my mind. I actually heard it in a dream the other night when Martin Luther King says, you know, he all he's asking is for America to live up to his promise. And another thing that he said that he wants his children not to be judged by the color of their skin, but by their what they put out there, their merit, their values, and who they are as human beings. It's very, very important. And what is my hope with all this? What is my hope? You know, why do I do this? I go and I pass these cards out. People think my family makes fun of me. You know, people laugh at me. I mean, there's all kinds of things that come around it. But but why do I pass them out? Because my belief system is, is that as women, and I'll say it again, whether we have children or not, we have been endowed by our creator, who whatever that creator is, to bring forth children I'm a grandmother. I'm a great-grandmother. I'm responsible that my blood is running through three generations of women. I have a grandson. You know, I found out that one of Ken's, his goddaughter is giving going to give birth, her second child, to a little boy. I don't want that little boy to have to go to war or to feel that he's threatened in any way. But I have to have the self-esteem. I have to have this, the assurance that I am okay and that I am not going to be put down or shot down or whatever it is because I have an opinion, because I don't believe in war, because I believe in Medicare for all, because I believe all the children should have education. You know, I don't want to – That you know, you can have whatever opinion you have of me. And you're, I invite you to tell me. But I know who I am, and that's what the whole idea of the pledge is, to help you to learn who you are, that what other people think of you, when it, especially when it comes to a political statement. You know, I admire some of my activist friends, that they just stand up and they're heard. And a lot of them, you know, they pay, they pay consequences. But eventually, eventually, love and peace, I believe, are going to win out. So about the pledge... You can go on www.womenspaces.com, and the pledge is there. All you have to do is hit copy, put it on Word, and you can print yourself out one. If you would like me to send you a copy, just email me at elaineboholtz at gmail.com, and we'll see what we can do. Well, we're coming just about to the end of the program, and we've had, you know, I think it's been pretty, a pretty heavy conversation. So we're going we're gonna to go ahead real quickly, Ken. We're going to play the Galaxy song by Clint Black, and then I think we're going to have just enough time for that. So can you play that, my friend? Okay. On a planet that's evolving, revolving at 900 miles an hour. It's orbiting at 19 miles a second, so it's reckoned a sun that is the source of all our power. The sun and you and me and all the stars that we can see are moving at a million miles a day in an outer spiral arm at 40,000 miles an hour of the galaxy we call the Milky Way. 
itself contains a hundred billion stars. It's a hundred thousand light years side to side. It bulges in the middle, sixteen thousand light years thick, but out by us it's just three thousand light years wide. We're thirty thousand light years from galactic central point. We go around every two hundred billion years, and our galaxy is only one of millions of billions in this amazing and expanding universe. Well, I think that's a real good way to enter our, to end our show. We've done we've covered a lot of territory. Please email me at elaineb.holtz at gmail.com and let me know what you think. Uh, the last song I played, you can hear it on YouTube, is called The Galaxy Song. Uh, a reminder, uh, Women's Spaces will be re-broadcast uh, this evening at 11 o'clock. I'm so excited I get to hear my own show. And remember, remember, you are a child of the earth. Your self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of you. And you can, you can make a difference. This is Elaine B. Holtz. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to being with you the next time. In your life, she's someone to pursue. She's patient and she's waiting and she'll take you home now. The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, July 17th, 2023.